Hi, this is Jason King, and you're listening to the Health Policy and Advocacy Nursing Network, also known as HPAN. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing Brian Tabor, president of the Indiana Hospital Association, which represents the interests of approximately 170 Indiana hospitals. The association is the chief advocate for hospitals and their patients, representing their interests with the state of Indiana, the federal government, the business community, regulatory agencies, accrediting bodies, and other stakeholders. Brian, thank you much, very much for joining me. So my first question is this, what first piqued your interest in health policy? So basically, where did it all begin for you? Well, thank you, Jason, and, and thank you for inviting me to be on the podcast. Uh, I'm a listener, uh, and I think it's a great way to reach out uh, to those that are interested in getting involved. So I commend you for, for doing this, and of course, have the pleasure of working with you uh, through IONL and other, and other uh, avenues, and so I appreciate all of your advocacy uh, over the years um, for uh, improving the health in Indiana. Uh, so for me, health policy. I worked in and around the General Assembly after graduate school. I went to Purdue University and there worked in the, or studied in the Agricultural Economics Department. And my major professor was very involved with the Indiana General Assembly and consulting with legislative services, uh, the Legislative Services Agency on property tax issues and local government funding and finance, which was really my background. And so I started there working at legislative services and then uh, moved into uh, one of the caucus uh, positions. And um, I wasn't really involved with healthcare policy very much. I was a fiscal analyst for one of the caucuses and really dealt with what I thought would be local tax issues, state tax issues, budgetary issues. Didn't really think much about healthcare, honestly. But I had a, a tremendous boss, a Senator By Simpson, who was the Democratic uh, budget uh, finance leader at the time. And uh, so I, I staffed her as the fiscal analyst. And she was involved with all sorts of things that relate to fiscal policy, but she had a real passion for, for healthcare. And so she was involved with some issues around Medicaid. And I was able to work with some of the individuals, the constituents that brought issues to her, and the humanity of the issues, uh, talking with some of those uh, uh, Hoosiers that had uh, healthcare access issues and how public policy could, could help with those. It made a big impression on me, it did. But I didn't get involved right away. From there, I worked for a trade association and lobbied and uh, worked, again, mostly on property tax issues. But then I worked in the House of Representatives. In the years that I worked in the House of Representatives uh, was a very exciting time. Lots happened in property taxes. But another very significant thing happened during the years that I worked in the House of Representatives as a staffer, as a policy director. Uh, uh, for the majority caucus, and that was the Healthy Indiana Plan. And so I had the, the pleasure and, and uh, the, the challenge of working on the Healthy Indiana Plan as it went through the legislative process, and it was exciting to be part of something that could expand coverage for uh, tens of thousands of Hoosiers. And I just really enjoyed that. I learned a lot of, more about Medicaid finance, and I found that very interesting. But in addition to that 
that those experiences that I had, I think working with Senator Simpson and connecting with that humanity around uh, the healthcare issues. What I saw when the Healthy Indiana Plan came together was put forth by Governor Daniels and uh, Democrats controlled the House, Republicans were in control in the Senate, and everyone came together. There were some rocky moments, but at the end of the day, I, I, I was able to see people like Representative Charlie Brown, who's now retired, uh, Senator Pat Miller, come together and on a bipartisan basis work out those issues because at the end of the day, healthcare is rarely a partisan issue. It's about doing the right thing uh, for for people, expanding coverage, improving public health. And so I became very excited about healthcare and then had the opportunity to come here to IHA in 2008. Well, that's fantastic. It's such a pleasure to be sitting with you. And I did not know all of that about your background. So that's that's very cool to hear. I love hearing how people first get started into health policy. And it just shows that really um, people can come from all kinds of different backgrounds and they can, um, you know, anybody can really make a difference if Absolutely. they apply themselves. So, Absolutely. So, Brian, from your standpoint then, what are a few potential 2020 health-related bills that um, my listeners really should be aware of? Yes, I expect it will be a fairly busy session when it comes to health care. It, it's going to be a difficult session for broad sweeping legislation in any area. It's not the budget year, and, and I know you've talked about this on, on your podcast, You know what to expect. It's gonna be a short session. It's an election year. I think that there'll be a desire to end somewhat early. So I don't know that on healthcare or any other area, education policy, we're gonna see major, major legislation, but I think we will see significant legislation. And there was a lot that was discussed this summer in the interim committees around healthcare, and there were bipartisan recommendations that were put forth. And so I do expect it to be, for a short session, pretty busy uh, with respect to health policy. The bills that I uh, would uh, want to put out there and put on everyone's radar, uh, and exciting development really just in the last day or so, uh, T21, raising the age of purchase for tobacco products, including vaping uh, products or e-cigarettes, raising the age from 18 to 21. Uh, Speaker Bosma today, uh, just uh, over at uh, Organization Day, as we're recording this, it's Organization Day, and he has announced his personal support of that, which is very significant. Haven't had that before. We know that Senator Todd Young at the federal level has been pushing that, uh, very supportive of that. The T21 provisions were included in the bipartisan recommendation of that summer study committee. So with all that momentum behind it now, I, I am very hopeful that we will have T21 passed here in this session. Don't know that we will see a cigarette tax or tobacco tax increase, but I think this could give us that momentum to go into 2021, the budget year, with the wind at our backs to move forward, uh, raise the tobacco tax, and reinvest in, in, in public health. But don't want to take anything away from T21. It's an important achievement in its own right, and I, I hope it will, will happen. Also, IHA's agenda, we have two very important elements that we want to get done in addition to that, that important public health measure. One is to increase transparency across the board. It's been a lot written and, and stated, and uh, in some cases alleged, about uh, hospitals and, and hospital costs with respect to the broader healthcare cost discussion. 
and there is some data out there, but what we really need to make informed decisions, policymakers, businesses, consumers, what, what, what everyone really needs is transparency across the board, looking at pharmaceutical costs, the costs of other procedures that take place outside the hospital, data on insurers. We need to put that all in what's called an all-payer claims database. This is something that exists in almost half the states now. About 18 states are, are pretty far down the road. And this is something we think could be a, a real benefit as we try to develop more of a long-term healthcare policy strategy in the state. You've got to start with good data. Right now, in some of the, the debate about healthcare costs, we're you know, arguing about the data, uh, and, and you know, data can uh, inform, uh, but sometimes it can be misleading. So we need to have one set of common data that we agree upon and then make decisions from that. And then also surprise billing. Surprise billing is something that we absolutely need to take patients out of the middle of. There will probably be a spirited debate about how to resolve those disputes, but surprise billing is really important, and, and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of commitment to get that done. Thank you, Brian. I'm really looking forward to the session. I know it's going to be quick. It's going to be furious, it's, but, it's, but I, I think it's going to be fun to watch, so I'm really looking forward to it. So, from, again, from your perspective, um, why do you believe that the knowledge of the potential bills and related advocacy are so important for Indiana? These, healthcare is complex and everything is intertwined. Uh, when you, it's difficult to talk about one sector. Uh, you can talk about you know, hospital costs, for example. Well, you can't talk about that without looking at the role that uh, insurers pay the way that they've contracted in a market, about uh, the inputs, right, the medical devices or, or pharmaceuticals. I mean, those are, it's all part of the chain. We're all uh, in this together, and we have to come up with solutions across the, the entire industry. And so it's very, very complex. And those of us that, and really those those of you, uh, people like you, Jason, and your listeners that are out there practicing, it, working with patients that understand that complexity, see those interactions, we really need all of you to advocate, and but also explain. It's not just advocacy, but it's explaining and being a resource. And I know you, you've told your listeners that this is important as well. You can be that trusted resource, uh, particularly for nurses, the most trusted profession year after year in Gallup, that a legislator, a policymaker can reach out to you and say, hey, you know, there's this really divisive issue and I want your thoughts on this. How is it going to impact the patients that you serve? And so understanding what those issues that are being, uh, the issues that are being debated, understanding those is really important because you have this opportunity, uh, some might say responsibility, to be that trusted resource so that we, we end up with good policy decisions. So that's why you have to have that general awareness. Very good. Uh, one final question. Um, do you have any additional comments to wrap up this interview? No, I, I would just say thank you again uh, for inviting me to be on. Uh, I think it's important that you're, you're doing this. And uh, uh, thank you to all of those of you that work in hospitals or outside of hospitals in, in healthcare. Uh, thank you for what you do, taking care of patients and making Indiana, Indiana healthier. And appreciate being on.
Brian, I want to thank you so much for being my guest. Um, it's always a pleasure to hear from you and uh, appreciate all of your work that you and your uh, team do through the Indiana Hospital Association. So again, um, thank you so much. And for you, the listeners, as always, if you want to get more involved in advocacy and are looking for help, please contact me at jking at iuhealth.org and I will gladly help you become more involved. If there's ever any content or education that you'd like for me to cover, please let me know. You can follow me on Twitter at jking underscore iuh. I would encourage you also to follow the Indiana Hospital Association at IHA Connect. And as a unified team together, we can lead the transformation of healthcare through quality, innovation, and education, and make Indiana one of the nation's healthiest states.